This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Stand with Emergency. Now, on Saturday... The Rugby World Cup will be ended and it will be going to South Africa, who are the holders, or to the All Blacks, New Zealand, team of legend really, for us in Ireland, and I think for the French as well. There are reports that the shine has gone off the competition, the enthusiasm and the excitement to a great extent missing because it's for the Southern Hemisphere teams France and Ireland would have probably been the ideal final if we just had European blinkers on, but we don't. And tomorrow, South Africa will line up against the All Blacks and we're joined now by Matt Williams. Matt is a very outstanding writer and broadcaster. He was director and head coach of the New South Wales Waratahs in Super Rugby, which is their renowned Australian team. Matt is an Australian he coached Leinster and Ulster in the Heineken Cup and he's coached in France as well and he was the head coach of the Scottish national team. So he's vastly experienced and along with Rob Carney, Shane Horgan and anchor Joe Malloy, he has given, I think, Virgin Media the greatest success they've had, arguably, with their outstanding panel throughout this Rugby World Cup, which has really cast a shadow over the opposition in terms of the way sport should be presented. This is very high-quality stuff that you would not get anywhere else in the world. And Matt has also been with us, guiding us through the competition. It's a pleasure to welcome him now. Matt, the shine for us has gone, and I guess for the French as well. But we are where we are, and we have a fascinating game involving the Southern Hemisphere, that's where you are from. So we expect you to tell us what's going to happen. There is one thing you might tell us. i let you tell it rather than me, but there's breaking news about the South African team and in particular about their kicker, but also about what they intend to do with the scrum. Tell us first about Andre Pollard, who won the game for them last week with his kicking, and Manny Libok can play but can't kick, has been dispatched to the bench. Eamon, pleasure to uh, to join you. Yeah, a, a fascinating game. And, and you're, I don't just think 
uh, Eamon, that the, the steam has gone out of this just for the Northern Hemisphere. I think it's the world because there was high hopes uh, that France or Ireland would make the final, one or the other or both, and that might produce a new winner of the William Webb Ellis Trophy because apart from um, England, it's only been the big three in the South, Australia, New Zealand and South Africa that have won it. And I don't know if your listeners know, Eamon, the history is of rugby is that South Africa and New Zealand are historically the giants of the game. Yes. And they are also the aristocrats. It's amazing from countries that don't have aristocracy. But they look down on the rest of us as the plebs. We yes. are just we are just the rugby peasants who make up the world while <laughs> the real rugby players are in South Africa and New Zealand. So right. while it's massive news uh, in, in the Republic of South Africa and in New Zealand, for the rest of the rugby world, it, it is a disappointment. There's no doubt about that. Having said that, they, these are two great teams and, and an extraordinarily, Eamon, they are very opposing in their history. Now, let, let me just, well, before I get to the bench, South Africa are the current world champions. Within their country, they are, have a cult-like status. And I can tell you that I, I have said a, few, uh, a number of things that I didn't think were particularly controversial. Uh, I thought they were just like, like, look at the game, can't you see that? And the amount of criticism and, and absolute uh, abuse I have got for suggesting that South Africa might have done a couple of technical things that I don't agree with is quite extraordinary. They have right. a cult-like status. Their, their captain, Sia Khaleesi, is just held in such high esteem that few sports people around the world. Yeah, they've taken him off in the first half of both their last games. Certainly the last game, he only lasted half an hour. Uh, they, they've done that right through. Eamon, done it yeah. right through. So, so they've done extraordinary things like uh, uh, with their selections like that. Now, if I just tell you, the Kiwis are the exact opposite. This this New Zealand team was written off by the world, said it wasn't good enough. Their, their captain, Sam Kane, and their coach, Ian Foster, and the rest of the team are ridiculed in their homeland. They have cop criticism like, and I'm, I'm making this statement, they have cop criticism like I have never seen a rugby team or individuals Get. It was outrageous. Mm. It was wrong. I, I spoke out against it at the time and I'll continue to speak out against it. Yet somehow they've overcome that and they're in the final. So you've got these two mirror images. You've also got New Zealand playing a really 15-man ball in hand attacking, really attractive style of rugby. And I really, I really admire the way they go about it, scoring a lot of a lot of really beautiful long-range tries. So they're getting the ball 70 or 80 metres from the opposition trial and they're carrying the ball that 70 or 80 metres. It's really fantastic. The South Africans, on the other hand, and here we come to their selection, Eamon, they have focused on dominating physically at the scrum and at the mall and at the breakdown. And their selection for this World Cup final is really out, a really um, quite incredible selection. So what they've done, obviously they've picked their 15 players and you've mentioned this, they brought Andre Pollard in, who's kicking 100%. This is his first... Yeah, he kicked a, a great kick to win the match last week. It was very brave. Brilliant kicker, and, and there's no questioning his quality or him. There's nothing against Andre. Manny Libok has been there right through, who is a much more creative player than Andre, but has kicked poorly off the kicking tee. He has not even made the bench. He has, he has been dropped completely from the 23. Wow. Their bench 
they have done this once before or twice before in the in the lead up to the World Cup and and against Ireland. They have picked seven forwards on their bench and only one back. Now that is again a massive gamble. The back they have picked is Willie Larue, who is a fullback. So they do not have a replacement scrum half. They do not have a replacement ten. If something happens to the scrum half, they would have to move uh, Chislin Colby. They're brilliantly uh, small but lightning yes. fast winger number to 11, number nine. Yes. So, so they'd have to change around a lot of players if they get an injury to their uh, in their backline. If they got a card or an injury to their backline, it would be disastrous. It would be absolutely disastrous to their side. So this is high risk, high reward. Why they are doing this, Eamon, is because of the scrum. Yes. They, they are scrummaging late in games to gain penalties and kick goals, and that's what won them the semifinal against England. Now, yes. my opinion. Sorry, if I can just interrupt there, just to say, no, that you made the point on the program and the discussions between you and Shane and Rob Carney and Joe Malloy have been absolutely fascinating and educational, but you made the point that the emphasis now on scrums and winning penalties from scrums was endangering the game. And it was, it was illustrated against England when there was a, a long kick they were inside their own, close to their end line. They made the mark, South Africa, which allows you to safety and kick for touch. Sure. And instead of doing the kick for touch, they actually decided to have a scrum about 15 metres, was it, from their own end line? Yeah, yeah. So, which so, is an extraordinary, well, I thought it was an extraordinary decision because there's danger there, baby. But you explain why they did that. Yeah, and, and, and it's, with all this stuff with South this Africa. This is against and, England now in the last few yeah, minutes of the match. It, it's brilliant thinking. It's brilliant thinking. So they they take a, what we call a mark, a fair catch. Someone kicks, you have to catch it on the full in your own 22, and the game stops, and it basically allows you to kick and clear your area. It's, a, it's actually a, you know, it's a, it's like, it's a dinosaur uh, law from back in the, in the old age, and it should be got rid of, but that's beside the point. There's a loophole in the system that not only can you kick out, you can call a scrum. Now, why would you call a scrum? Let's let's just break this down. Because if you get the, if I take the mark and I kick out, it's the wherever the ball goes over the line of touch, it's the opposition throw. So the other team gets to throw the ball, and yes. so more than likely they'll win possession. If we take the scrum, and if we scrum so hard that we win a penalty, we kick for touch, but we get the line out throw. You also, if you decide to take a scrum, you got to put in. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. So that you get all the advantages. It is a really, really smart loophole of an ancient law that the South Africans have brilliantly right. exploited. And the, the the point of it is is they do this right up the field. So wherever they scrummage. So why scrums were so fantastic in the old days? Let me take it back a bit. Sixteen of the players on the field are split up. You then have a defensive line. There's usually only four on the defensive line because players have to be in the backfield to cover the kick. So as an attacker off a scrum, we could have six attacking backs against four defending backs. Yeah. It was fantastic. The best, it's, and remains, the best position on the field to score tries and to make significant ground is at a scrum. Now, you can only do that if the ball comes out. If you're scrummage to get a penalty, the backs don't get the ball. What yeah. do you do if you get the penalty? Either kick for goal or kick for touch. South Africa kick for touch. What do they do at the line out? They maul. Yeah. So the, the, it is it is a really redactive way of playing, and I, and it's not it's not the way I was brought up. 
South Africans love it because it's wins, but it, it is an awful way to play the game. It's not a 15-man way to play the game, but it is a highly successful way to play the game. And now this is because about 15 years ago, or probably a little bit more, gradually over time when I played and when I first started coaching, if you did something technically wrong in a scrum, it wasn't a penalty. It was what we call a free kick. Yes. So in other words, you could tap the ball and run, but you couldn't kick the goal and you couldn't kick the touch right. and get the line out. And what did that do? What We're, we're all done by uh, motivated by incentives. I mean, what's, what was the incentive? The incentive then is put the ball in the scrum and get it out because we've got six backs on four backs. So the incentive was to run. Once they changed from a bent arm to a full arm, the incentive changed because if I got a penalty, we could kick the goal and get three points. Right. So the South Africans have the lowest level of what we call liberating the ball from the scrum, in other words, getting the ball from the, scr- from the scrum to the backs of any team in the competition. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Historically, between these two nations, in rugby, who has the upper hand? Well, if you talk to a New Zealander, they'll say the New Zealanders. If you talk to a South African, they'll say the South <laughs> well, African. Well, I'm talking to an Australian. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, this is... And we know Aussies don't lie. <laughs> this is what the Americans would call a storied history. I mean, these go back to the, uh, you know, to the 30s and the 20s and the 50s. Where well, the incidentally, long... we should remark black players weren't allowed to play, and that they were only allowed to play from, because I remember campaigning in the anti-apartheid movement, they weren't allowed to play cricket or rugby for their country. That's right. Until the 70s, I think. Yeah, and, and even then, Eamon, um, there's a, a famous South, black South African player called Errol Tobias, who, who was the only black player 
who toured with the Springboks to uh, New Zealand in 1981, right. where huge protests, and rightly so, yes. um, uh, came into play. I, I think to give a little bit of a back history, my father took me to a game when I was a very little boy in the in 71 and said, you'll never see South Africa play again. Yes. And it was Springboks versus the Wallabies. And to Australia's credit, we banned them uh, when we refused to play against them from 1971. Right. So that, uh, New Zealand sent a rebel side away in the mid-'80s. Yes. So that tells you how yes. recalcitrant they were and how wrong yes. it was. Yes. And history um, looks very, very poorly at, at New Zealand's attitude towards that. And I'm, unfortunately, I've got to say the, the, the Lions and at times Ireland, a lot of the northern oh, teams Ireland, were yeah, also absolutely. very, very poor. And the Lions, yeah, they, yeah. They, it's a great shame. On the game, yeah, it was one of the great shames. We don't want to go back there. No, let me ask you though about the the respect. It's <laughs> it seems to me, just in my imagination, as we talk, that Saturday was about two guys gone down a back alley, or two gangs gone down a back alley. One of them are nice boys, and they're very clever, and they fancy their chances. The others are a bunch of thugs and they're going to kick the <laughs> shit out of them. Is that, is that, are, you, are you really trying to get me in trouble with the South Africans? No, I, no I, I'm not I've doing already, that, Danny. I'm already on there. I'm already on their hate list. The, the question is, is it the case? Because the way you set it up, these dampy-pampy old blacks who like to play attacking rugby and do all the nice things are going to be taken down a back alley and they're going to have shit kicked out of them. Well, I mean, I think that the national teams in rugby play best when they reflect the national character or or the country that they come from. And, you know, South Africa, Africa as a continent, you know, it's wild and savage, and that's the way they play. They are tough, big, hard men who have have embraced the physicality aspect of rugby, and rugby does have a physicality aspect. Yes. Now, I can promise you being taught at school by New Zealanders, coached by New Zealanders, playing with New Zealanders and playing against them and coaching with, with and against them, they are not actually shrinking violets themselves. They okay. are very, very, very hard people. Well, we remember Brian O'Driscoll being a victim of a spear yeah. tackle, which was yeah. a particularly awful thing. Yeah, they, they are. Which makes but it, but I, I, think, I think the best the best contrast would be you have got Mike Tyson against Muhammad Ali. Right. You have got you have got an, someone with an incredible physicality and a hit against technical brilliance. They're not. They're not that they're weak and and brilliant footwork, brilliant skills. That yes. would be the, that would and, and both fantastic champions. Right. That would be the analogy I would I would give. Except again, I bring you back. The motivation for New Zealand is that they have been derided and and belittled, and they are very angry. They are there to prove themselves. The other side is the champions, who are fated and loved in their own country. So right. there is a big motivation. The other aspect of this, and this is a real one, Eamon, is how many times can South Africa go to the well, as Robbie Carney says to me yes. on TV. So in other words, we've spoken about this before. It is not just the physical recovery. It is the emotional recovery yes. and how much emotional investment you have to put in to win a game. So in the semi, so both teams had a very tough quarterfinal. So New Zealand defeated Ireland in an incredibly demanding game and South Africa defeated France in an equally demanding game. Yes. In the semi-finals, South, uh, uh, New Zealand cruised through against Argentina by tw- thirty points. They flogged them. There was yes. there was no um, the emotional investment was much different. As was the post-game, you're not as high or as low. The South Africans have had to fight against England, which they didn't expect to in a very wet day, win by a point. How much emotional energy yes. have they got back in themselves? 
We quite often see teams in every sport, Eamon, in every sport at a World Cup, they play their socks off in a semi-final and the next week they don't have anything. Right. It's already over for them. That is a, a valid question for, for the South Africans, but they are a very proud and, and a brilliantly coached and, and a team full of champions. So there's no way you can write them off. I note that Faf de Klerk, the guy with the long blonde hair, which viewers will recognise, is coming into the start in the South African team. He's a scrum half, and it's one of two changes they've made, Pollard for Liberal being the other one. Now, Faf de Klerk seems to me to be a very imaginative, very good scrum half, and would be a kind of a thinking and dictating to some extent, as a scrum half is bound to do, isn't that the case? It, it, it is, Eamon. There's a, a really, this tells you so much about the intellect of the South African coaches. Um, Kobus uh, Reinhardt was the, the player he's replaced. Now, Faf de Klerk has always been the starter, and it's only been the last few games yes. that, that they've taken de Klerk out and put, put Reinhardt in. Reinhardt is a right footer. Faf de Klerk is a left footer yes. kick. And then when they box, so what South Africa were doing, again, especially against France, and uh, um, they were targeting the right winger. So in other words, a right fo- a right footer can kick to yes. their right-hand side much more accurately than a left footer. And that's what they did. And they scored two tries down that down that wing against, against France. Right. The, and this game, they're obviously saying because the – New Zealand wingers are taller guys and very good in the air. We mightn't do that. We we might change a different route, or they might be targeting the left wing. So they bring on Faftaklerk, who is predominantly he can kick both feet, but he's yes. predominantly a left footer. So they are very strategic in those selections. The 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 really surprising aspect was that Reinhardt Kobus Reinhardt was not on the bench. That right. is really, really surprising. So they do not have a special scrum half on the bench. I think De Klerk is a better player. I think South Africa play better with him. There's another aspect to this, um, Eamon, that, that I don't think South Africa are going to get away just with with penalties. New Zealand are playing some really brilliant rugby. That They've really come into a rich vein of form. I think this is going to be a game where South Africa will require a minimum of three tries. Right. So Faf de Klerk is a far more creative. I'm not suggesting yes. that Reinhardt is a poor player. He's not. He's an excellent player. But de Klerk is a much more creative and um, organising player than, than Reinhardt. And they're going to have to score some tries. So I think that has a, a, an aspect to, to do with the selection as well. New Zealand haven't named their team yet. Do I understand that one of their key attackers is missing? Backs. Well, uh, we, we won't know, uh, Eamon, until they... Until they um, name their side, yeah, I I expect that their team will be pretty much as it has been on the way through. Yeah, uh, I, I think they'll they, they've got certainly got some depth there. It'll be interesting what they do with their their forwards. They 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 as opposed to South Africa, they've got a five three bench. They've got plenty of depth in in their back lines. They also. Are the opposite of South Africa in that it is their is their front rowers where they don't carry the depth. Yes. So they need all their front rowers that came out against Argentina to be healthy and well to get through this game because of the, the threat that they'll bring off their bench. They've got Richie Moonga at ten. They'll play Bowden Barrett at fullback, Geordie Barrett at twelve. What they do at thirteen will be an interesting question. Uh, and they'll play 
uh, Aaron Smith, of course, at nine. Whether they play Lynette Brown or uh, Ariki Ioni, which I think they will, uh, is is a question because Ioni is a brilliant attacker, but not usually as uh, as quality defender. He can make some errors, so I think that is that is a question. But I do think they'll pick Ioni there because I, if you look at what they've done from quarter to semi. It's been roughly the same 23. They have had one. They've, they've moved people from bench to, to starting, but the 23 roughly has stayed the same. Now, there is some rumours, but uh, far be it from me to, uh, to suggest that coaches might be telling fibs in the week of a final, but I, I'll, believe, I'll believe what I see when, I, when the team comes out. Yeah, I mean, the, the other thing Saturday is, and you mentioned it before, Matt, it's the degree to which South Africa suffered against England and had to go to the very last moment in the game and that emotional, as you say, and physical really toll that's taken in that in those situations can be. Is it conceivable in your mind that, you know, having coasted through against Argentina, the All Blacks will be in much better shape and that New Zealand having had to deal with Ireland, having unexpectedly, I think, had such a close game against England, which followed a really dramatic, intense game against France, that they may have left too much out there. And coming into it fresher, in better shape, New Zealand might be, on that score at least, better placed. And and that may be the difference. I I think there's a a lot of logic in that, Eamon, and the the South African fear is that that's correct and New Zealand score early. Now, I'll I'll take all our listeners back to Christchurch in August when these two teams met Uh, and in the first 20 minutes, New Zealand were just playing at a ferocious pace. The, 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 The tempo of the game was at a level that I have rarely seen. It was phenomenal. The New Zealanders were so accurate. There was hardly an, or there wasn't an error for the first 20 minutes, and they racked up 18 points. Right. And what South Africa are not good at, well, they're good at most things, but they are not good at chasing a game. Right. They don't like to you be... You said bo- that. When, when they played Ireland, you, you, you made a point of saying that, and it proved to be the case. Yeah. They, they like to strangle a the game. They like to get in the loop, keep the yeah. physical physicality at you, and they, they are very good at it. And, again, late in the game when the scrums come in and they get penalties, that's when the game usually swings their way. So they do score points late in the game. So New Zealand will have to score early. They will have to take, if that advantage is there, and I do think it will be, they have to take full advantage of that. They have to get at least three scores ahead of South Africa because late in the game when these seven behemoths come off the bench yes. and referee Wayne Barnes is awarding them penalties at scrums, which unfortunately is the way our game is now being played and I don't yes. like it and I'd love it to change and it could be changed easily, but it certainly won't change for this final. The penalties will bring South Africa back into the game either by three points or then giving them territory, getting them into New Zealand territory yes. by, via the penalty. Okay, two questions before we let you go, Matt. One is... What effect will choice of referee, in this case Wayne Barnes, and we know referees, rugby referees, in fact, 
referees in almost most games, they have li their little biases and their little things. In that sense, is there any advantage to either team in the, in the referee being Wayne Barnes? Great, great question, Eamon. Um, look, I think referee Barnes is the best. Is currently the best referee in the world. So the best referee can be ruled right. out because of of what nations make the final. Yeah. And and he's an Englishman, so he's neutral, so he's in the final. He's very technical. Uh, he's a barrister by profession, and so you know they look they love the law. Yeah, but. The key will be to this game. As Almost as all. much as they love money. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sorry about that. <laughs> I know. Oh, they, <laughs> they, they tend to go hand in hand, don't they? Amy? <laughs> um, the, the, the tackle area in rugby, so the, let's, 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 we've been talking about scrums a lot. There'll be about 12 scrums in this game, somewhere between 12 and 15 scrums, around that, around that number. There'll be 150 breakdowns, maybe more, up to 250, depending on the style of game. Wow. That is where the game is won and lost, and that is where the interpretation of the referee is so important. Right. Now, we saw that South Africa are here because in the last, in the, I think it was the 77th minute against France, uh, referee Ben O'Keefe in New Zealand made a wrong decision and gave a penalty to South Africa when Quagga Smith, their flanker, went into a ruck. It was actually video uh, evidence has proved that was a yes. wrong decision. It should have yes. gone the other way. So this determines games. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, and there's an argument being made in England that they were robbed in the last scrum of the game last week, and they cite evidence as well. Yeah, they do. And this is the huge problem with rugby, Eamon. We have far too many laws, far too many archaic laws. We need to simplify things. We also need to help our officials. We're asking one person on the field, which we've done for 200 years this year, to make all the decisions. Other sports have multiple referees and, and, and are much simpler simpler sports. Basketball has two referees in a smaller area and so on. Yeah. We, we just that whole area of officiating rugby is just decades behind where we should be. On Saturday, we've got one referee and he's going to go out there. His decisions at the breakdown and the scrum will have a massive impact on that game. I, I hope, Eamon, that teams that we don't and we're not talking next week and we we're pointing to a refereeing decision that determines who lifts the wheel in Webb Ellis Trophy. But rugby is a game that is inordinately um, influenced by the decisions of the referee far, far more than yes. any game I know. Okay, the last question, and I want a five-second answer because I want your instinctive, not because of, of any disrespect. Who's going to win? Dry day, uh, and, and I am biased. Uh, New Zealand, wet day, South Africa, close game all round. Um, I got to say, Eamon, that I I really don't like the style of play South Africa put yeah. out on the field. I don't think it's great for our game, uh, and I do admire the New Zealanders. So that is influencing my decision. Right, South Africa are a great team, and New Zealand will have to go out and rip that trophy out of their hands. It is not going right. to be given to them. Okay. Absolutely fascinating, as always, to talk to you, Matt, and we look forward to Saturday's game. We're very, very grateful to you, and we look forward to talking to you on Monday to see how all of this worked out and to reflect also on Ireland and Johnny Sexton, which is, I know is someone that you have great regard for and that we do too, and the whole nation does, and indeed to all the other players who wore the green. So... 
enjoy your Saturday Night with Virgin TV, which I must say has really produced some of the best sports coverage I've ever seen. And that's not to take away from the commentary team, Donald Lenehan in particular, who is a legend, but also Hugh Cahill, who is uh, the commentator on RT. They're excellent. The rest of it isn't very good, I'm afraid. So enjoy Saturday night, Matt, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much for joining us. We're grateful to Matt, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.